You're listening to the Creating Healthy Families podcast, a podcast designed to prompt purposeful relationships in your family. Now, here's your host, Link Taylor. Welcome to our Creating Healthy Families podcast. So glad that you have chosen to join us again today. Uh, today is part two of a uh, two-part series as we look at the Johnson family and their story. Uh, joined again today by Mary, Mac, and Murphy. And so glad that you guys are back with us today. Um, to hear more of their story, I want to refer you back to our previous episode. I believe it's episode 11. This one is 12. And you can kind of hear more uh, maybe in context of what they're going to say today. But we're just going to continue um, just asking questions for them to share each from their perspective of the Lord's faithfulness, uh, you know, the reality of just sitting where they where they are uh, in those moments uh, in doubt and loneliness and why us, God, and all those things and questions that they cried out to God and um and then how God has shown himself and how God continues to redeem their story. So I'm uh, really looking forward to continue hearing hearing from them. So welcome back, Mary. Welcome Yay. back, Mac. Whoa. And Murphy. <laughs> Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so glad you guys are with us. So, uh, Mary, you shared a lot last time, all of you did, uh, about the decision of your spouse 23 years ago. And, uh, and that set in motion, um, a life that you would have never drawn up, never intended. Uh, but I think the way the Lord has used this, those moments to where you've cried out to him to show this intimacy of him. And, uh, it's been pretty awesome. So kind of pick back up and, and kind of continue to share, um, what God has continued to show you. Uh, through all this, what are those anchor points, things you've learned, how has God redeemed, all that? Yeah, I think for me, the journey is a continuation, and we're still on it. But in those early uh, months and year, it was just to think through as I talked to more and more single moms, um, where their focus was that, and, and how I saw their life that I knew, okay, God, that can't be my life. And that was a huge point for me. Many of them uh, became their children's best friend. Uh, they no longer were the parent in charge. The, the the children, the teens in those families literally ran the household. Uh, and I can remember thinking, uh, we can't do that. I also remember just knowing that everyone that I kept talking with, they were seeking a replacement for their husband. And I was like, well, now, if I do that, the focus is on me, and out of that would have been me hanging on to the hurt. Somebody come fix me instead of saying, God, you've got this, and I'm going to depend solely on you. And that's where the healing for me, I truly believe, always will believe, that's where it came. But I did have to make, and I'll never forget the moment of saying, God, please take that desire away from me for another spouse. And I said, I know that's radical, but for me and the hurt that I was feeling, I knew there was nothing I could do but to pray to give me strength to do that because my responsibility, like Link asked on the last podcast at the end for you to make a list of what God said to you. I made a list 
and of what I had. Because, you know, so many times we harbor on what we don't have. That begins the bitterness. Mm. And so we had a thankful list. And these boys, we would do a thankful list, not just at Thanksgiving. It was all the time. What are we thankful for? What can we say we have today? Knowing I didn't have enough money for food, but what could I have? And then God would just provide. And he provided just a, a presence of his peace that he had every aspect of what we were going through. Um, and so little by little, just trusting in him, people would come from the church and they'd say, I was at the grocery store and decided to get double of everything and bring it to you. And I would go, go God, wow. I, just those little things when we needed a bed, uh, because all three of us <laughs> were in a family bed and it was time, you know, <laughs> uh, the healing process was going and we prayed and didn't tell anybody and how specific the boys were. I said, well, let's just dream up. What do you think will be the best bed? And they were like, oh, we won't bunk beds. I said, okay. And they said, no, but we want the kind that has the one person bed on top and the bed on the bottom for two people in case we want to be together. And I said, all right, well, what color? And they'd go red because my favorite color is red. She's wearing it And today. I'm wearing it. <laughs> um, and so it's just been this joke that red's it. We didn't say a word. And y'all have to tell you how power of God on Wednesday night after church, I get a phone call from one of the high schoolers that had started a new job at service merchandise. And he said, uh, I have no idea if you are in need of this, but every time I look at this bed, I think of you and the boys. I said, what bed? And he goes, well, it's a bunk bed. And I went, really? And he said, yeah. And they say if they don't sell it by Saturday, they'll ship it somewhere else. And I went, oh, I said, can you describe it a little bit more? And he said, yeah, it's kind of weird. It has a twin bed on top and a double bed on the bottom. And then I said, what color? He said, well, Mary, it's your favorite color. It's red. And I went, oh, my stars. And I said, okay, uh, how much is it? He goes, well, I'm going to get it with my employee discount, and that will be $187. So as I hung up. It was time for our time to tuck them in bed and to pray over them. I said, guys, we need to pray for this number. 187, 187, because I found out there's a bed, and that's how much it's going to cost, but we need to get it by Friday. Now, this is Wednesday, but guys, we're not going to tell anybody because we're going to let God work because we've not told anybody yet of our dream bed. And Friday afternoon, we go to the mailbox, and we pull out a card, and it had all three of our names on it. And Max said, Mom, can I open this one? It's got my name on it. I said, yeah. As he opened it, something fell to the ground. And he reads the card, and it just said that they were thinking of us. He said, isn't that neat? He's, and Murphy, I think, is the one that picked up the check. And Max said, oh, it's got a bill with it. I said, Bill, he said, you know, those things you have to fill out every time you pay bills, it doesn't make you happy. And I said, well, sometimes people bless with a check and it's money. I said, what is it? He goes, he read it. And he went, oh, I said, what? He goes, it's not 187. I said, well, how much is it? He said, it's a 200. <laughs> we stood at that mailbox and we just danced and sang. We went and got that bed, got some friends to help us. And it was set up by that night. And it was the coolest thing to again see the hand of God, uh, but also to begin to realize there's going to be a physical void in my boy's life of men, and I need them to be present, other godly men in our church. I truly believe God established the church for community, for all of us to lean on each other and to provide when somebody doesn't have. And it's not just about a, a physical or financial need. It's it's a physical need of saying, how can I step in? And um, I knew the single adults always had fun. They did stuff all the time. 
But in my mind, I thought, I wonder if they would be open that once a month, they would just take my boys on a Saturday afternoon to a ball game or the park or whatever, just so I could have a few hours that I could regroup for that month and I could just have time, even at the grocery store by myself. But I also learned at the grocery store to take teenagers and we would do discipleship up and down the aisles and we would talk about spiritual things and they would uh, talk to my boys and keep them. I mean, you learn ways to involve the church and, uh, and it, and it worked. And so these single adults were like, we could do that. And it wasn't just to benefit my boys. It became a ministry to all single parents in our church. They would do an activity once a month so that we could all have time to breathe. And I think that's the part that, to me, was such a blessing that I didn't think you know, about. It's such an encouragement to hear the church being the church. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a building. It was. And so our listeners, you know, just encourage you all to think through those in your area of influence of how you speak mm-hmm. into those or come alongside or, or those that are looking for a bed or those are, you know, for food, whatever it might be. Yeah. And so, you know, you sharing that, Mary, uh, hopefully it prompts some folks that could speak into others or, yeah. or not just speak, but actually step in with some physical needs. Yeah, that was huge for us because at the same time, there was a group of parents that said we hired a couple to be co-ministers of youth. We need to we need to fire her. Mm. And my pastor stepped in and said, wait a minute, this is of no fault of hers. And we're not about to do something that God's not saying to do. We need to watch what God's going to do in and through her life. And that was where we're because we have both in our churches. We have those that want to grumble and complain and we have Mm. those that want to say, "Okay, then I want to watch. And y'all, I stayed seven more years. They didn't hire another youth minister. I just did the whole job. And the coolest part of that was bringing in parents and showing them and just saying, okay, I'm the parent of my boys. So I am in charge of them through God's direction in my life. This whole thing we mentioned about every choice you make either draws you closer to the Lord or further away. I painted the picture for my boys when they were young. We talked about how the rocket going to the moon, if it was off just one inch down here on earth through time and distance, it would miss the moon completely. And God's got that same thing in us that we make choices through time. Uh, we will miss God's design for our life how he created us and who he created us to be but it's every little choice it's not just one day you wake up and do something huge you will probably trace back to where oh it started Mm -hmm. when i did this and i did this and so i told the boys i said guys if you don't do things that draw you closer you'll miss what god wants and god tells us in jeremiah 29 that he's got a plan for us to prosper us not to harm us to give us hope in the future but we have to do our part and so when they would make mistakes it would be able to sit down and go okay what choice did you make today where did that lead you if it didn't lead you down the path you needed what do we need to do to change that mm-hmm. and i was trying to get them to begin learning critical skills and i'm sure thinking. they were listening taking notes oh, in, a, yeah. in, a, in a notepad 100%. <laughs> still got them still got yeah. them <laughs> Yeah, Murphy. Yes, Mother, teach us. Yeah. I remember Murphy Can't would just go, oh, Mom, I don't want to talk about that. Because you know? <laughs> he knew, okay, I did mess up. But it wasn't condemning him. It was the choice. Mm-hmm. I was still going to be their mm-hmm. best cheerleader. But I was not going to allow them to just use circumstances as an excuse. And in our mm-hmm. family, we would be open and we would be honest and we could share anything. And uh, but that we would know we're still all trying 
to stay on this path that God has designed us to be on. Thank you. That's that's very strong. Murphy, Mac, talk to, uh, begin to share maybe some things that your mother uh, had just said, maybe your perspective, you know, all the notes that you said that you still have <laughs> from these talks that your mother gave way back. But uh, but no, seriously, what um, just continue to talk about what has God taught you, maybe some situations hmm. you found yourself in back then. Yeah, absolutely. I think a couple of things to touch on. Um, we talked in the last episode talking about how you made the choice to be better instead of bitter. That was, you know, one of the things that you taught us was you always have a choice to be better or bitter. Um, but we were also talking about how, or I mentioned how growing up, not knowing my dad, how because of you staying faithful to Jesus and raising us that way. I didn't feel, fill that void of missing a father, at least in my life. And you just touched on it and it was a lot to do with the people that you brought in or you asked, Hey, can you be a good role model for my son, for my children? And for me, you know, that's why I didn't miss out on having a father. I think was I had multiple, um, People in my life, every age, every walk of life, people still now that still pour into me and treat me like a son. And, you know, and that also is not excluding you, Mac. Are we in the last podcast? You briefly touched on it, but, you know, Mac, when, when mom had left that weekend, when our dad kind of lost it and she came back and, you had mentioned that, you know, you were, you couldn't get me out of the bunk or the, the bed. You couldn't get me out of the baby bed, but you were still feeding me and still taking care of me. And that's what you did our entire life. And we had an awesome relationship growing up where we, we, yeah, we, you know, wrestled and had our little, little debates and stuff. But, but debates, <laughs> debates, is debates, what it says. debate Civil. team 2014. Uh, uh, no, but we, we always had an incredible relationship, I think, and that's all because of what you instilled in us at a young age. But that's also like, for me, I can confidently say that you were a big father figure in my life and still are that kind of role model that I've always looked up to. And that, you know, took place then and still now. And and I think, you know, on top of that, like just having all those people in our lives, um, that was a huge thing for us. But you mentioned about this, the decisions we make and the things we do and how it leads us closer or further away. But I want to touch on you. You mentioned um, that you weren't condemning us when we made mistakes, but you're condemning the choices we made. And I think that's huge for me thinking back on growing up and your parenting, um, which I think I like for me, I want to take this because it was it was like huge for me was anytime I made mistakes, you know, and, and especially like I remember younger, uh, like almost middle school days, almost preteens, you know, you, you grow up and you're around a lot of dudes in, in school and, and you start, you know, we're in the age of the internet and you start kind of diving through stuff and people have found some interesting things on the internet, but you start, you know, seeing things that you shouldn't see. And I, did that when I was younger and I had um, an addiction to pornography when I was younger. Um, But I knew it was wrong every time, but it was still there. But the thing that I will always remember 
is through me looking at images I shouldn't, videos I shouldn't, things I shouldn't. I, I had this conviction, and that was something that was there because of Jesus in my life. But when I went to you finally and said, hey, like I've been doing something I shouldn't, and you need to know this, and I'm sorry. Instead of condemning me and being upset at me and being mad at me, you hugged me and you said, I love you. And we then worked through that situation. But the fact that your first action was to say, listen, Murphy, I love you so much was incredible because I think a lot of times in life, if I'm with the mistakes I make, I fear being honest with other people because I'm afraid of the judgment I would get from it. And especially from my own mother and especially from someone who taught you, you know, growing up, don't do this, don't do that. And then you do it. You're like, like she's going to hate me. <laughs> you know, she told me, but you didn't. And I think that's amazing that you were able to sit there and go, listen, like, I love you so much. But you know what? In this story, you have to understand, I knew one of them was viewing pornography because yeah. I checked the computer. And what I said when I hugged him after I said I love you was I already knew. Yeah. And he went, what? And I said, all I knew was if I came back one more time to tell you this is not what you need to do, if you said I'll change, you would be changing for me. Parents, this is a deal. I then committed Keep your mouth shut, but pray and pray like you've never prayed before. Mm. And I said, pray. I said, God, I'm, I'm coming to you. I want you to make whichever boy it is so miserable that they will come <laughs> to you with it. Now, I didn't know in praying that he was going to make my, <laughs> Murphy was going to make my <laughs> life miserable because his rebelliousness and his stubbornness. But when that night came that God finally broke through yeah. that spirit of sinfulness in his life, yeah. it was just the coolest thing ever to know God still got even that. So don't think it's never uh, too late for anything. Mm. God can still work. My responsibility is to be on my knees and pray for him. Yeah. Moms know everything, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's the true. last thing I'll touch on with that. Yeah. <laughs> they do know everything. Yeah. I think for me, the hardest part uh, was I had memories of dad. And I knew it, I had to let go, I think, of realizing his place in my life was not going to be like I thought it would be. And so with your prayer that God would that God would bring in godly men— yeah. uh, I mean, it was cool being in student ministry family. I think that's also something we can like glaze over a little bit. The way that the student ministry responded to Murph and I was we gained a hundred brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And so, and you want to talk about like sibling, like we can, we continued to feel love even from outside, but it felt like family. Um, but for me, I had to let go uh, of, of what I thought my life was going to be like, even as a young boy of having a dad who was going to show up to my ball games and show up to graduation and be there at my wedding day. Right. Whatever. And, uh, and so, but what I saw was little bits and pieces of what I, in my five-year-old brain, then growing up subsequently after I began to see little pieces from different men fulfill those roles. A, a man who could teach me how to go and, you know, how to be a good athlete. Mm. A man who could teach me how to care for his wife well. Mm -hmm. A man who could teach me how to be a, very, a successful professional, to love God by being a disciple maker in the business world. I saw examples of that even at a young age in Tennessee and then when we moved to North Carolina where I couldn't help but say, God, you do know. Like in Jeremiah 29, it says that you have plans for me. Mm. And so it, I just it just looked differently than what I thought. Um, that was going to originally be. And then just seeing how you 
created family being as unique as it was, it still fulfilled what I, what God calls for us to be, uh, as we are, it's the main body, uh, where we see life change. It's, it's the the locking of shields link, as you say all the time, it's how you, it's the closest unit that enacts change and creates progress and, you you know, with you being a single parent in ministry, we traveled a lot for you to go speak and all that. The car became such a valuable tool because being boys and I and I still we talked about it this morning as we were pre- preparing was God knew, mom, that you were going to be a parent to boys He when he created you the way that you love games <laughs> and the way that you love fun and you can't sit still. Um, God was preparing when you when he created you in the beginning of time that you were going to be a parent to boys. But I think even in the. The time of you trying, you know, seeking out a, a life partner who could give you, you know, sons, uh, that, that the time that it took was also creating for you to be secure in your singleness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me to be able to see that from such a young age uh, and to see it now as a 29 year old and see how God, you know, the grand view of this plan that you mm-hmm. talked about. Uh, is just incredible uh, to me, but you use the car to talk and you use times of motion and you tried your best throwing a basketball over your head as a, sh- as a shooting form uh, <laughs> to try and shoot basketball with us. Hey, but I got some. You did. You did. She was, she was the meanest girl on the court. And, uh, and so <laughs> you would throw baseball to us. You, you just, you created times of motion. I think for people listening, who either know people in this in this type of scenario or situation, or if you're in it yourself, what I learned from my mom and what I pray for myself as a future parent is that I get to know my kids intimately and that I get to know what makes them want to open up and communicate and what they like and what triggers them, you know, different things from their past. And so that's because that's what you did. You never forced yourself that we had to talk to you. You never forced times of community. You just studied and you, 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 you inquired to Murph and I in that car, what do you like to do? How can I come uh, and be a part of this? And mm. man, you were at every ball game. I love sports. You were at every ball game cheering me on. There's even a time where I was a knucklehead and I got fouled out of a basketball game and you came from the stands and got right in my grill and said, you're going to act like a man of integrity and character. Right. And so, I, I mean, that was right on the basketball court, <laughs> like in a big tournament. And so. <laughs> Is there a video of that? Because we can see if we can dig it awesome. up. Yeah, I remember it very vividly. So, I loved I, it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just I think for me the, the initial what I've taken away and what I want and how like Murph said there was no void that was apparent in my life. Hmm. Um, the, it, it seemed normal, and you really prayed that brokenness would not be our identifier, hmm. uh, but that that that. That cohesion and unity would be our would be our name as a as a Johnson three. Yeah. And so and now it's just neat to see how God's honored your faithfulness, mom, your hard work, the mm. time and effort you put into it, even those radical things of realizing, you know what, I, I, I want to focus on my boys and not, you know, someone to come in and replace dad, I think is the most humbling thing uh, because I know it's not what you wanted for your life, but it's it's what God uh, allowed to happen, knowing that you were gonna, you were gonna take courage and strengthen him, hmm. and leverage everything that he would be glorified in your boy's life, and that was the scenario that had to happen. Yeah, and so I think about all of that as as just wow, this is the man that I was created to be, 
and it's because of what happened when I was five and uh, with dad. And so, yeah, it's, it's for us initially just thinking about the, the, the grand narrative of our life. Uh, so, uh, and I think for me, even in, you know, going off to college, uh, was a huge part of learning, you know, faithfulness that you taught that you would depend on God, dependence on God. Uh, when I struggled, even though I had godly influences and in men in my life in the 10th grade, I struggled se- with severe anxiety and depression, how I leaned into what you had taught me. Uh, uh you know, just that God is our portion, right? Mm-hmm. And that he's our, our strength. Uh, and then, and then going through cancer and to, as a 25 year old man, uh, don't have time to really get into that story, but just what I learned about valuing scripture, how that even in my deepest, darkest moments where I cried out very similar to how you did, mm-hmm. uh, when dad left that I could sing scripture, you know, over this scenario, uh, mm-hmm. that God was in this life or the next, I was going to be ultimately healed, mm-hmm. that I will be healed. Mm-hmm. And in this life or the next, my goal right now in this moment in time, whether my body deteriorates or whether it is healed, my only goal is to cherish Jesus because that's what you did in the deepest, darkest moments of that time. So, Yeah, on the way for the surgery that morning, um, when we had just found out 48 hours before that Mac had cancer and we had 48 hours to get it out because it was growing so rapidly, uh, it was 530 in the morning and Murphy and Mac and I were in the van and sharing with them that my scripture that morning in my quiet time was Isaiah 41.10. And the last part of that scripture, it says that God holds you in his powerful right hand. Mm-hmm. Y'all, our van was filled with so much tension because we're going, whereas Mac is facing cancer surgery. And But when, once I uttered that scripture, there was a peace in our car. Murphy immediately said, Mom, it goes back to our family verse. It comes full circle, Joshua 1.9. You got to be strong and courageous. God commands that of us. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed because the Lord, your God, goes with you even in surgery today. And I'll never forget Max's response. He said, Well, God knew. Why not me? Somebody has to get cancer, but I've got a relationship with God. And whether I come out of that, that surgery here or in heaven, I'll see y'all again. And I remember us thinking, oh my goodness, to get to the point for himself, the one with the cancer, to say, why not me? Because I've got a God I will be standing on. And then how God used that cancer journey, amazingly, testimony and testimony with people as we he went through that and then through chemo and all those things that we got to see the hand of God again. So that faithfulness through the years of scripture memory, y'all, you got to memorize scripture. Mm-hmm. We do well through elementary school and then we stop in middle school and high school. But with every crisis in our life, the first thing that comes to mind is scripture. And mm-hmm. that's what gives you the stability and the strength to move forward. So and I, and I, I mean, again, what I went through at five prepared me what I went through at 25. Yeah. Hmm. And then what I went through at the age of 25 of going through a six months bout of cancer and coming up on four years in remission. What I learned from that time is how to how to take every moment to cherish Jesus and how even in the little things that I can't have this grand view of life that I have to be in every moment in time seeing it as a gift. Right. Yeah. With that time and with that learning lesson, I was able to take every instance and every little detail that God was putting in my story as a purposeful instance. 
And then what led me from there is to Nashville, where I get to serve at this church. And what led me from this church and this student ministry gig is I met my wife. Yeah. And Go you want to talk? <laughs> you want to yeah. talk about a full circle moment? From twenty five to twenty nine, I have seen the hand of God in every bit and in every instance and in every story and every person. Uh, to create me into the man that I am today and to be able to walk down the aisle link as you and, and and you have been an embodiment of the type of man that I want to be and how you prayed that God would bring a father-in-law for me that would be able to shepherd me well I because know. the insecurities were there yeah uh, and it yeah. will be there for the rest of my life but I know that I have a father-in-law that God placed for a specific time and place and reason who is not going to condemn my story, who's not going to see my past as a hindrance or as work, but as a joy uh, for me to be a, for as a joy to walk alongside me, to know how to love his daughter well, to know how to uh, treat her with respect, how to, how to know her, to, to be intentional with her, how to hold her. What's, I mean, good gracious. <laughs> and so being from a family of boys, I learned a lot. And, uh, and so about the, the, the life of a girl. And so, uh, the, the idea of being with is, as we talked about last time, I think you're understanding that, Mac. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. that's very much true. And so all that to say for everyone listening and for us is this has been such an awesome time for us to process. We haven't done this as a family in this new stage hmm. of life uh, for us to be able to process everything that happens in our life is for a reason. And mm -hmm. do not take it as a slight against you that God's mad at you. God is just preparing you for greater things. Uh, not because you deserve it, because he wants to use you to bring glory to himself. The, the, the phrase is God uses everything for his glory and our good. Yeah. And I truly believe that our life, our markers from addictions to abandonment to illness we have seen has been a use, a utility, as, as an opportunity that God uses uh, to bring us closer to Him for His glory and our good. Well, it's evident what we're seeing here is um, a constant, unchanging God versus a, a constantly changing landscape, hmm. and and you all have, you know, understood uh, the consistent, faithful God in a constantly changing landscape and uh you know and it's how we respond and uh, and adapt to that where do we go uh in the landscape that we had not planned out for our lives and uh but but where do we go so just in closing uh for you for you three or maybe one of you however many um you know you you're you're not completely on this side of it you're you're living in it the journey continues um <laughs> We could have another podcast in five years, and there'll be continued, you know, truths that God teaches us, and things. You know, we're still in the. You guys are still in the midst of it, but but Mary and 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 Mac and Murphy too. But you know, you're you're on this side of it in a sense where your your sons are the ages they are. You hear the their faith. The, you were in the trenches mm -hmm. years ago, but you had this resolve. So you, in a sense, you're hearing their stories now. So what do you say to others that are in the thickest part of it right now, of whatever their, their life situation they, they might be? What, what are some of those, 
You talked earlier about, man, hold on to God's Word because that's, you know, in memorizing Scripture. But what, what are some other of the things that would, this resolve that you had back then, or guys, um, you know, things that you you see now, just some, just some quick anchor points of what that looks like? Yeah, obviously the Scripture memorization and in a quiet time, reading God's Word, finding out who He is. You know, we can't pe- place faith in something that we don't know. Uh, I can't give what I don't know. And so for me, if I wasn't in God's word, uh, there's no way I could give that to the boys. Uh, But to be able to be a great listener, we don't have to always have the answer, uh, but and to be a great learner. I used what I needed to know uh, through my youth ministry um, to know what it meant to be adolescents, to face it with them. Uh, But I even got my doctorate in education. They had no idea how well you knew them. That's right. They did. You knew them more more than they... (laughs) (laughs) But in those things of just learning, education, all that stuff, it gave me the foundation and that uh, assuredness that, yes, God's going to be with us, but what can I see in both these guys that I could come behind? Murphy has a love for music, can play so many instruments, learn sound, because I get the privilege of directing our state youth camp in North Carolina. So for 16, 17 summers, that's what he learned, and he just mm-hmm. knew how. But th- then I had to get to the point to be freeing to him. It's okay now if you want to go. Uh, on your own to come to Nashville, try to figure out how to Big make city. it in this music industry, uh, but to realize God had a plan for him that was so unique and different than for Mac. Hmm. Mac learned how to speak because he spoke at camp a lot. But all those things to be able to say as a parent, I'm trusting you, God, that along this journey, we're going to look for the opportunities. The go God moments to me are watching God work and praying and say, show me, give me the the wisdom to know how to be, yes, their best cheerleader, but to be mom, to be in control of that relationship and that there has to be some authority for all of us. Uh, students, especially teenagers, need those parameters, the the. The, I don't know if you want to call it the hedges, but the place to know if I act this way. My dad used to explain it like this. God's word and God's presence in my life is like an umbrella when it's raining. If I stay under the umbrella, I won't have the effects of the rain hit me. But if I choose to be rebellious and not use the umbrella, I'm going to be sopping wet. wet. Yeah. But in my own life, I can choose to be under God's umbrella of knowledge of who he is and trusting in him. And yes, there's going to be circumstances that are not good if I just looked at the circumstance, but God would still cover me. Mm. And that was a big piece. So prayer, uh, the community of the church. We had a prayer time with uh, parents of teenagers Thursdays at lunch out of this need that my boys were getting older, but just for us to know, y'all, we still have to be dependent on God, but to be dependent as a community to pray. Max said he had vivid memories of the candles and and a worship time that was one of those nights and it came years later that i was just bummed out y'all it doesn't it's not over and you tie it with a bow i mean i literally thought i have got to go do lead youth group tonight and i am Mm. nowhere in the state of mind to do it and i was amazed i knew what our lesson was on which was ironic it was on joshua and i'm thinking and they just brought up so much of the past. But I thought, okay, we'll do this. Before I left the house, I grabbed every candle I had. And we walked into the chapel where the teenagers uh, met. And I put candles all over and I lit them. And these two middle school boys, I'll never forget them. They go, 
uh-oh, we must be doing something different tonight. <laughs> and uh, then I got up at the stage and just sat, and I asked them, all the teenagers, I said, y'all need to come forward now. Let's just circle up. Now, I put the boys on a cart, a church cart that you usually put food and books, and they would be under it because I had to have the top level with all my stuff. So Mac and Murph are under it, and uh, they're over in the corner. But there's, we just had a time. I said, guys, I, I really can't talk tonight. I said, you know, sometimes junk just comes back up, and I am so burdened for you all and what you're going through, but I want you to see the reality of walking with the Lord. Is there a times you really don't have the answers? You will not have the answers, but we can trust. This is the verse we're supposed to be studying tonight. This is how we've seen it play out in our youth group and how we've seen it play out in my family. But I said, some of you have some real hurts, Mm. and we got to get honest with the Lord. And then I just had a prayer, and I said, if any of you want to pray, just do. And I'll never forget popcorn style around that altar as teenagers prayed out loud. They prayed for my boys and my family, yes, but they prayed. I'll never forget the young man that said, God, I broke up with my girlfriend last night. We've been dating for two years, but I knew it wasn't the right relationship. Just give me strength Mm -hmm. to face what's next because that was not leading me closer to you. The young lady that said my mom and dad are fighting, will they end up in divorce? God, I don't pray for my parents. I need to pray for my parents that you would heal their marriage. And so that honesty, and they got to witness that, but that's Mm -hmm. still true for all of us. God's not afraid of your doubts. He's not afraid of your anger. He knows you, and if you're honest with him, he will be able to find the people, the scriptures, the places that need to allow you to grow and to learn Mm. and to set aside. But it's an intentional walk with him, and it's in the midst of it when it's the worst. You got some friends. I found front porches I could go sit on and talk. I found places in the mountains to just go and walk. Uh, I found people that could love me in the midst of it. And in my deepest anger, I'll never forget, I borrowed a sledgehammer from the church office. (laughs) And uh, we had an office, home office downstairs in our den. And if the boys couldn't see me, they would just panic. And it was like, ah! And I said, I got to get rid of this wall. I took my anger out on that wall. I tore that thing down. We made it it into a treehouse. Yeah, and then I took the pieces and thought, how can we turn it into something for them? And I made a treehouse with the pieces of that wall. And they would get up there and eat and do their homework and talk. But it was like that was another way of saying we're going to take what's broken and fix Mm. it. Mm. We didn't have a broken family. And the shock when somebody would say that to them was like, we don't have a broken family. But it was because we knew that God was the Father and he would bring people to fill the void. Well, Mary, that is uh, so good. And I appreciate your vulnerability. Guys, both of you all, thank you so much. I know there's a lot more we could share, but but they have shared a ton. And I'm sure it's a lot uh, for you, you guys as listeners. Uh, just to process and, and how does it uh, impact your life, uh, maybe your own personal life with family, as I have said earlier, or maybe is it coming alongside, um, you know, some others who are in the trenches right now? It's a reminder, as Mary has said, uh, those anchors of knowing God's word as we go into those tough moments. Uh, so they become uh, anchor points and scripture is constantly on our minds and our thoughts. And so thank you so much, Johnson family. Appreciate your time today. And so listeners, I want to turn it back to you. 
uh, as I do every time, uh, just to write down three to four, maybe today it's even more than that. Uh, but just some thoughts that come to your mind. I really do want to challenge you. Just stop unless you're driving in a car. <laughs> uh, when you have an opportunity, if it's a notebook, a journal, or just a piece of paper, write, or it's in your phone, write down two to three or at least of that many uh, thoughts that you have and actionable steps that you might can begin to take tonight or tomorrow uh, to move forward in your faith and understanding and healing uh, or maybe to come alongside uh, come alongside some others in community. And so uh, we're praying for you all. Thank you again, Johnsons, for, for coming today. And thank you, listeners, uh, for taking your time uh, to listen today and to be challenged. And as we always end our podcast with, wherever you are as a family is a good place to start. So until next time, thank you. Thank you.